five, dude. What up, everybody? What is good? Welcome to the Damn Dude Podcast. Damn, dude. <laughs> okay, let me take these teeth out. I had some vampire teeth in. Um, what up everybody? Welcome. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome to the Damn Dude Podcast. This is season two, episode 87. I'm your host, California Cal. Damn, dude. Had to say I'm one of the cool Californians left in the state. There's still a good amount of us, actually, uh, despite all the fuckery that goes down in the state and the crazy shit you see on the internet about the people uh, in this state. But yeah, it is what it is. That's not really what the show's about. This show exists to help educate, entertain, and make an impact on the different perspectives and contexts that we have in life. Because I truly believe that the more access we have to different contexts and perspectives, the easier and doper and funner life is to navigate and to get through and just easier to fucking do. You know what I'm saying? Because the more shit we understand, the more freedom we have access to. It's like you don't have to sit there pondering about shit or debating about shit. You just go, do, act. You know what I'm saying? Create, accomplish. So, like I said, well, I guess I didn't say this, but like I normally say, <laughs> this is the Damn Dude Podcast where we have the conversations that need to be had in a way that'll make you think and say, damn, dude. Damn, dude. Damn, dude. Yo, do I sound quiet? I hear, I, it sounds like I'm quiet when I'm talking right now. Last episode, the fucking, everything was turned up too high. Now I feel like. It's too low. Like, I can't hear myself. It's kind of weird. Um, anyways, you guys, today's a very special day. Why? Why? Well, every day is a special day. But why is today a special day? Today's a special day for me because today, 15 years ago, 2007, October 27, 2007, 15 years ago from today, I broke my skull, neck, and back in eight different places, and I wasn't really supposed to be able to walk or talk or even live through this accident, really, based off of what happened. Um, so, this is like, this accident was like one of the biggest turning points in my life. And it wasn't necessarily so much about the accident, it was what I had to face and deal with while the ac- like while the injury was occurring so for those of you guys who who've listened to all the episodes or from the early episodes or have listened to the episodes where I tell my story a little bit I'm sure you guys have heard me talk about this but today was the day 15 years ago that this incident happened and there's so many lessons that came with it just to refresh you guys memory um I've I'll just kind of like recap it real quick. So I was out in the quad. I was out with my homie Burton and my homie brought out Ryan. And we were out at Gordon's Wells. And we were on our way. We had just gone from Sand Highway. We had just ridden Sand Highway to where you go right to go. I mean, if you know where the fuck this is, it makes sense. If you don't, you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. But basically, this is just navigating sand, right? Like... So you go out, Mob Sand Highway, and it's like you make that kind of like right. Well, I guess it depends where you come from. Where we camp and everything, we make a right. It's like kind of a right slash a straight 
turn. It's, it's hard to explain. Anyway, you go into there, and then it's kind of like the rolling, like, witch eyes. And for those of you who don't know what a witch eye is, it's like, it's like a dune, and then it just, like, drops off on the other side. I don't, I forget why it's called that, but, like, they're dangerous, right? And then there's, like, different sizes, and there's different kinds of dunes and all this stuff. So, like, the ones that that are here in this particular section, it's on the way to Patton Hill. So between Sand Highway and Patton Hill is where I fuck myself up, which is crazy because it's just like a chill-ass place to ride. Like, it's not somebody, it's not a place where people normally get hurt, right? So we're mobbing, and like the way that these things are is they roll up, and then they kind of, it's like kind of flat on the top, and then it and then it drops down the bottom, and then it like it's flat on the back, and on some of them there's a landing to them. So I'm seeing my homies go. I'm riding in the back, and they're just rap, rap, just jumping all over over all these things. And it's maybe like a, I don't know. Some of these could be anywhere from like a, well, maybe like a six to eight foot, maybe six to ten, twelve max. I don't think 12 feet, but like probably like 10 feet, maybe. I don't know. It's hard to say because I never actually like stood next to one and like put my arm up to like measure it. But just from the feeling, like looking at them, it's got to be like the size of the average roof of a one, like the lowest part of a roof of a one story building. And that's typically eight feet or one story house. I mean to say so. Like, it seemed like it was about that high. So that's why I'm saying anywhere between, like, 6 and 12, roughly, right? We're fucking just... Most people, like, you go up and you ride sideways and then you ride down the other side of it. But we were just... We were all really good riders. We're all young. We're in our early 20s. We all got brand new fast-ass bikes. We're all on, like, new 450s. I think... Yeah, uh, I had a... For those of you guys that know bikes, I had a Yamaha YFZ 450. Um, Broren had a LTZ 450, the Suzuki... Uh, I think Brad Ryan was riding a 450 dirt bike. I think he had a, a CRF 450. Um, on, I don't remember if he had a paddle or not, but I don't know. We were out there mobbing, and uh, we're jumping these things. And there was one of them that just had this weird hump before it. So, like, like I said, we're jumping all over over all these things. We're fucking flying. I fucking I hit one of these, and there's like a dip, and then the jump. And I don't know what I did exactly, because, like, kind of, like, the golden rule of, like, jumping a motorcycle is, like, do not back off the throttle at the point of the jump. Like, it, when you're on the ramp, do not ever back off the throttle. Like, if you're jumping a car, or a truck, a motorcycle, anything, you never, ever, ever back off the throttle at on the ramp. Like, if you're going to jump something, if you let off the throttle, it makes the front end go forwards and the back end come up and over. So if you hit the throttle, it keeps the nose end up. And that's always the safest way to be like jumping over shit. So I'm like, holy fuck, dude. It just bucked me. Whap! And the ass end came over the back. I did a front flip into the sand on my head. And I'm probably doing like 50 miles an hour, 55 miles an hour. I want to say I was in like fourth gear. And fourth gear is pretty fucking fast on a 450. So, just all that force, all the momentum, all the height, the fall, everything, bam, straight onto my head. The quad landed straight on top of me and just pile drive me straight head first into the sand. And 
I literally heard like that, like fucking celery, like sound effects in the background of a movie. <laughs> I felt my shit just and I was just like, like, damn, like I've been hurt. I've gotten hot, hurt a lot. And this was just like next fucking level, dude. Like when you break your neck and your skull and your back, it's pretty fucking gnarly, dude. Like it, it's out of this it's like an out of this world experience almost like because your body has to go into full survival mode it's like your spinal cord is like if your spinal cord is fucked like you're fucked you know what i'm saying so it's like i'm entering real dangerous territory breaking my skull my neck and my back like my spinal cord like in my vertebrae i should and not my spinal cord but my vertebrae and all the bones around my neck and my into my skull like and my skull just shattered. There was just fragments just kind of... And then they kind of, I guess, just all grew back. They didn't... There's nothing... They, they said there's nothing really they could do about it. It wouldn't be worth, like, cutting my head open and trying to reconstruct my skull when the way that it broke, because it there was so much force and momentum, it just broke so clean that, like, everything was able to kind of just set back together properly, fortunately. So I didn't have to have surgery or anything. So it was like that with the whole injury. I didn't have to have any surgery because it just the break was so clean because it was so fast and from so high up um so with that being the case i'm just like so okay so here's exactly what happened so that happened and i have i don't know dude my old mentality was like i cared about my stuff so much and my quad was the first like real expensive thing i ever bought and I had just dumped like over a G worth of parts into it, maybe like a couple grand worth of parts even into my quad. I got new fucking exhaust, fucking jet kit, this, that. I, got, I had like every little piece for it, right? And, uh, you know, my my rims, my this, that, what, all the shit. And uh, so I... I I crashed, I crushed my fucking skull neck and back, I jump up, and I run in a circle, and I think it's like the chicken with his head cut off sort of thing, where it's like, there's just so much adrenaline and blood pumping through your body, and like, there's just, I don't even know, your body's just like, like, still going, I think that happened to me, because I jumped up, like, I literally stood up, I maybe ran in like a, I don't even, maybe like a, I maybe ran like 10 to 20 feet in a circle. Like I ran out or maybe like an oval, I should say. Like I ran out to my quad to go look at it. My quad happened to like, after it crushed me, it bounced, it like flipped a couple times and it landed on its wheels. So I was like, whoa, like my quad landed okay. Like it made it. But not really. Like I had fucked up, uh, I fucked up my quad pretty bad actually. I had completely bent the, uh, steering stem and a steering stem is like this completely metal fucking metal rod basically that's like at least two and a half inches thick so to bend one is like ridiculous and i mind fully fucking bent i realized i should have saved it i was like i was just like oh yeah crazy at the time like that was a that was a fucking work of art dude the way i bent this fucking thing i bent and broke like i bent a tie rod and I had bent my subframe in the back. It was just tweaked. It wasn't enough to like affect the bike. Like changing the steering stem and the tie rod, that was pretty easy. 
and the subframe in the back, I just left it. Like, you couldn't even tell in this. You were really, like, literally just, like, eyeballing it all crazy, right? And I had bought all these bumpers and all shit. So I jumped up. I checked on my quad. I'm like, oh, my quad's okay. And then I'm running, and my body just fucking stops, and I just collapse in the sand. I had a fat-ass camel back on, and my head just flops backwards because I'm laying on my back, and I have no neck strength. So it just feels like I'm, like, dying. Like, I just, my, it's, like, making my body, my entire body, like, short circuit. Like, I can't feel it and stuff because it's just pressure on my spinal cord, I guess. So I'm yelling, help, help. It was, a, it was the only time in my life I ever had to scream for help. And that's a crazy feeling when you literally have to scream for help and are screaming for help. Like, dude, that's a, it's a trip, dude. Like man yeah that it's a trip having to do that I, I thinking about that you know and a lot of times when you need help and you feel like you're gonna die you don't have the opportunity to call for help like shit's just so scary and fast and whatever that like you don't you know what i mean it's like you're not you can't call for help you know it just happens so fast so like it was interesting like being there calling for help it was like There was nothing I could do. Like every time I've ever broken my arm or bone or whatever, right? Anytime I've broken a bone, let's say, I've always been able to like find a position where I could just kind of like, okay, I'm okay. But this time I could not. I was like, I'm going to die. Like I'm screaming for help. And this fucking, this big drunk dude, he's driving a, uh, this is like 2007. So keep in mind what people are riding. This is like, I don't, I think the first Yamaha Razor, like the two-seater 900s, I think this is when like those were brand new. I want to say those came out in like 06 or 07 or something like that. Um, So those were brand new. So the UTV thing hadn't taken over the dunes or the deserts yet. People were still on quads, motorcycles, buggies, trucks, Jeeps. Um, And so this dude, he's, he's mobbing a Yamaha Rhino. That's what was popular at the time, was Rhinos. So he, he pulls up, he's like, dude, you okay, man? I'm like, no, like, help, help. He's all like, what's up, man? And he's like, I'm like, my backpack, take off my fucking backpack. And he's like, take your backpack off. I'm like, yes! And then he's just like, oh, okay, I'll take your backpack off, man. This fool's fucking faded, dude. He's like trying, he takes my backpack off. He's like, whoa, man, like, yo, right, bro? I was like, dude, I don't think so, man, like, pretty fucked up i don't remember if he said he saw it or what i was just like yo like that shit fucked me all the way up dude um so (laughs) i'm like okay that happened my homies turned back around and they came they checked him and like bro like my homie burton comes and he's one of just the realest solid dudes and he just comes up he's like bro like get up man like you're good he's like i said i've explained before he's like he he's one of these people who's also like old school tough like like just old school values i should say where it's like you work hard you you don't be afraid to get hurt you always get back up on the fucking bike you know what i'm saying like that type of motherfucker um and he's just like get up bro because i'm like that too like that with that old school like now fuck it like you're hurt so what keep going you know that doesn't mean it's over like get more competitive you know um so like that and uh he's like get up bro come on let's go we'd been wanting to go to the dunes for a while we're finally fucking there i realized we didn't even get to fucking like ride the dunes (laughs) i got hurt before we even got to them (laughs) 
And it's not like I fucking suck on a motorcycle. I got a lot of experience on bikes, but I just haven't, you know, that shit fucked me up. But uh, he's like, get him. I'm like, bro, I can't. He's like, what? Like that? And I'm like, yeah, like that. Like, he's like, fuck, bro. He's like, all right, like, I suppose we should call for help or whatever. So calls for ambulance, all this stuff. They fucking swoop me up. Bada bing, bada boom. Fucking, I remember we had like beer and pro- and some weed in our back, in my backpack. I remember we hit all that shit. We're like, cause we're, you know, it's like when you go have your lunch break out there, everybody fucking cracks a beer, fucking smokes a blunt or something. Like, <laughs> But I don't condone it. Don't do that. That's illegal. And uh, it's past the statute of limitation for me to talk about that now. So um, yeah, we were young and dumb. Let's say that. And, uh, well, I should say I was, cause it was all, it was all my shit, but, uh, <laughs> I was, you know what I'm saying? We're not out there being like faded and it's just having fun, you know? Mm. But anyways, it's all beside the point. Excuse me. Um, I get fucking put in a in a doom buggy, in an ambulance doom buggy thing. Then I get taken to a, f- a uh, ambulance. So I take a doom buggy ride on a stretch bo- stretcher board with a neck brace. Then I take an ambulance ride. And and then I go to the hospital in, Ar- in Arizona, in Yuma. And then they're like, we don't know what the fuck to do with you. So they put me on a helicopter, butt-ass naked, fly me back to San Diego UCSD Medical Center. And then they take care of me there. During this whole thing, they had a whole bunch of people fly in to do studies on me. And, like, it was, like, it. I guess it was a modern-day miracle of some sort that I lived through this and that I was projected to be able to walk again and that I could still talk and that I was even alive. Um, they literally were, like, flying in students and different doctors from all over the fucking country and state to be like, look at this guy. Like, you're never going to see anything like this again. This is absolutely, like unique and crazy right so i'm just like all right so anyways fast forward a little bit i remember going home i only i go home like just like i think i got home on halloween if i'm not mistaken i was only in the hospital for like three days or three or four days and uh i started fucking in the middle of the night i started getting up and i would sneak and walk to the bathroom and they kept telling me, don't move, you could die, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, nah, man. Like, I had that Tupac inspiration in the back of my head to where I just had this knowing where I'm not going to die. And if I do die, I'll fucking die trying. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm willing to die. Like, I'm willing to die. To I'm willing to die trying. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's one thing I've learned about myself is like, I've got a lot of grit. I'm I'm a gritty motherfucker. Like I will grit shit out. And a lot of it has to do with my mentality. You know what I'm saying? It's not that I'm fucking stronger than anybody or this or that. It's just that I won't give up. And that's something I'm really learning about myself and is very evident is like dude, fuck giving up. Keep going. Force yourself to walk. Get the fuck back up. Like, you can do this shit. For those of you guys who've seen that King of the Hill episode where Peggy f- falls out of the fucking airplane and her parachute doesn't open, and she's like, she breaks her whole body and she's in a whole body cast. And 
And then, like, I think is that was the season ender. And then the season, the next season begins with her, like, all fucked up in the body cast. And Cotton Hill, uh, Hank's dad, is like, Hank's wife, you're going to get up. You're going to do this. You're going to walk. And or first he was just like, I don't know. It was, But that was basically it. Like, I, I had to, like, Cotton Hill myself where I was like, you're going to get up. You're going to do this shit. You're like, you're not going to fucking let life just punk you. Like, you still have more life to live. And I just kept believing that I could fucking walk. And I kept feeling feelings in my toes. I kept thinking feeling into my toes, into my feet, into my legs. Because there was times where they wasn't there. Especially in the in the very beginning of it. Like, when I first broke, when I first had the accident, I couldn't wiggle my toes. I was laying there and I'm like, come on, toes. And I'm like trying over and over and over and over and over and over and over. And then finally they went and then they wiggled. And then I went like feet, ankles, calves, knees, thighs, you know, fucking dick, balls, like everything. Like, you know, making sure I could just feel everything, my back, my stomach. And I'm just like, holy fuck, like this is, I'm alive. Holy fuck. And I can feel my body again. And from there, I just, I'm like, I refuse. I refuse to not be able to walk. And I don't know how much of this has to do with my will and my determination and my knowing that I'm going to get better. I will walk. I will keep going. I will keep living. Like, to have that, I I, I believe it's, there's some power to that. Because had I believed I couldn't walk again, had I taken on that perspective, would I be in a wheelchair from there forward? You know, I mean, yes, there is physicality to all this stuff. But in that moment where I couldn't feel my toes and I started thinking about what it felt like to feel toes. Like to, to be able to feel the sensation of my own toes. That's like another level. That's like some different shit. And I was like. I was like, there's some magical, godly, spiritual power, something supernatural about this. I don't know how to explain it, but there's something magical about what the fuck happened. So as of you guys know, at the same time, while I had my broken neck, my two best friends got murdered um, right around that exact same time. Uh, my ex of five and a half years got pregnant by somebody else, cheated on me, got pregnant by someone else. I got fired from my job and I dropped out of firefighter school. And and then when I come home on Halloween, all my friends are fucking going out to go party and I'm fucking staying out at home. And they all come over to see me and say, what's up and whatever. And my house is always like the cool place to go to, you know, because my parents are cool and this and that. And my house is always just chill as fuck. And everybody stops by because it's just kind of like the central meeting place for the most part. And then everyone's like, oh, yeah, blah, blah, cool, cool, you know, it's so cool. Nobody meant to do any harm. Everybody had very, had good intentions. But all of a sudden, everybody starts leaving. And all of a sudden, it's like, I'm there by myself. And I'm like, fuck. This sucks. I'm tw- I think I'm 20 years old at the time. And I was just like, man... And I just remember it was such a fucked up feeling because it's like, I'm alive. I just went through all this crazy shit. My friend, and I'm and I'm by myself. I'm all injured. I'm near dead. Fuck, basically. 
I don't know what to do. My career's over. My work is over. My money's over. My relationship's over. My two best friends aren't here. Like, it, you know what I mean? It's like, what the fuck do I do? And that's kind of just been this common theme is like, that was like a big thing I used to have to always work on was like feeling abandoned and free. Like certain things would trigger these crazy abandonment feelings and things with me. Like I've grown from that a lot. Absolutely. Cause I can go be by myself or if I can do whatever, it doesn't not matter. Like I actually really love being by myself, but, um, I, I'm as much as I love spending quality time with dope people. Right. Uh, but to me, it's no biggie. Like I love being by myself. I could do it. I, I have no issue with it. Um, but dude, like there was so much healing that needed to happen from that point to be able to get to the point where I could be by myself to where I could go to sleep without a TV to where I could go to sleep and live my life and live my day without all these like random excuses and stories for why I have to do this or that or this or that. And it's like, just kind of living in this cloudy bubble of confusion. And I'm like, man, it took so much inner work to be able to get to this place of even where I'm at now. And even if it's not thriving, it's like mentally all the shit that I've got had thrown at me and that I've chosen to endure for myself. I know most people would have quit a long time ago. And I know most people aren't cut out for this. And I know most people cannot accomplish what I've accomplished up to this point even though it's like i don't have a lot to show for it but kids lives are saved and kids are alive and kids are living because of the work that i do yeah i don't have a house and a fancy car and all this extra shit but you know what like i i do good in this world and i've done a lot of good in this world and in this community and i'm going to continue to and that's just purely because of all the pain i've endured and made peace with damn dude Damn, dude. So we're going to take a quick break real quick. We're going to be right back. Damn, dude. Oh, hey there, Charlie Horse. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm Charlie Horse. <laughs> Damn, dude. What up, guys? Welcome, bicycle. Finger-licking, farmer-licking, finger-fucking, finger-dipping, chicken-fucking, dicking-ducking, clicking-clucking, fist-bumping, Farmer Fred. Is still on vacation. He'll be back probably next week. But, uh, yo, so something that's crazy, right? So I've broken 64 bones. I think more even, but 64 for sure. And that's including my skull, neck, and back injury. And uh, when you break a bone, there's a lot of pain involved afterwards. Like on cold days, yeah, like... Those of you guys have broken stuff, you know, it starts hurting, it starts clicking, it starts fucking doing all this crazy shit, right? The thing is, that can be overcame. Whoa. That came, sorry, I just realized when I touched the, when I touched the top of the mic, it makes these weird noises. Okay, anyway, sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm getting distracted in the middle of the fucking show. Uh, 
so I realized like I, w- I had so much pain on my back and I literally have a broken neck and back <laughs> and, and skull. And I'm like, I cannot be carrying extra weight like this, dude. I need to start getting better. I need to start healing. I need to start fucking. I, I didn't have that context, though. I just knew this fucking sucks. That was like how it was like I was really ghetto for a long time. Like, I'm still kind of ghetto about shit. But like, I really, really was pretty fucking ghetto, like in many ways and senses. Um, but you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I, being stuck with your thoughts and circumstances is a hard thing to do, especially when there's nowhere you can go and nowhere to run. So I started learning that like I can start eradicating the physical pain in my body by healing the mental pain. Damn, dude. Damn, dude. And it's crazy because a lot of times people don't, it's like, especially in America, we disconnect the two things. It's very popular in like South America and other places where like plant medicines and natural things like that are more common and popular to have this understanding. But here in the States, we kind of have this this way of throwing more, it's like if you have a physical ailment, we throw shit at it that makes it that masks it and makes your brain feel and think and your mood weirdly and it kind of like puts these blinders over your mind so what happens is like people get stuck on these things because like oh well the pain's not there but i'm also fucking brainless because i'm on these pills and I think the difference, because I've gotten injured and gone and taken pills that they prescribe me and all that, and yeah, it would help the pain, but I would be a fucking monster. Like when I broke my neck, they gave me like when I had I broke my skull, neck, and back, they gave me oxycontin, and that shit would make it make me a fucking monster, dude. Like I was such an asshole when I was on that shit. I had no idea what it was, dude. I didn't know it was any fucking different than Advil, Tylenol, whatever. I never even heard of this shit. And then all of a sudden, everyone's like, hey, let me buy some of those and this. And I was like, what? Like, what is this shit? Like, I had no clue. But anyway, I did that. And then one day I realized, like, dude, I was literally yelling at people out of nowhere. I would tell people to shut up. I would just, I was a nasty fucking person on those things. And they made me itchy as fuck. I would scratch through I would scratch into my skin so fucking bad that I would be bleeding. Like, I remember I was, like, on my hands, my fingers, my wrists, my feet. Certain parts of my legs would be so itchy that I would just fucking scratch until I was bleeding. And then as it was healing, it would itch more and I would keep scratching it. It was the fucking... It's like, I understood why you see, like, tweaked out people with all these crazy scabs and all this shit. It's like, it's... That's why, you know what I mean? It's the fucking, it's the pills, it's the drugs. So one thing that I learned, dude, is like our physical and our mental is completely connected. And if you're going to try and heal the physical and alter the mental, rather than make peace with the mental, you're going to have a bad time, guy. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And I see that happening over and over. It's You cannot be like your most clear version of yourself and feel all your emotions you need to feel and think all the thoughts you need to think and just experience everything you need to experience without the clarity of, you know, being able to like 
filter your own thoughts, not have the, them altered by this these drugs, right? So that's one thing that's popular in South America and other places where plant medicines are more natural and common is that they go to work on the mental part of it all. And it's like, that's what, that I believe that that's what the point of like different plant medicines, you know, like ayahuasca, psilocybin, marijuana in certain cases, different things like this, like they can be used as very powerful tools. I believe that plant medicines like this are ancient technology. And that it's like, why and how do you think that so many different people are able to go to the spiritual realm, to different spiritual realms, and document and recollect the same thing? How are there the same dragons in artwork in China, and then there is in fucking Africa and England and fucking, you know, like, in, in Mexico? How do they all have the same shit? How do they all have the same images? You know what I mean? Like... Well, fuck, I've been to this world and I've seen those same fucking images. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, fuck, if I've been there, they've been there. We've all been there. How are you going to say that this isn't like a fucking thing? Like there's documentation. You know what I mean? So therefore, this is like an old map, an old technology, an old way of communication. And I know that when I was in Peru during ayahuasca, I can communicate with people that we do not speak the same language as. You know what I mean? But it's via this realm. And you can connect with people in different sides of the planet, different sides of the whatever. I was literally able to have conversations with my dad and my brother through their dreams. I was in the jungle, in the, I was in the Amazon jungle in Peru, and they were in Mira Mesa, San Diego, California. And I spoke to them in the dreams, and I came back, and they were able to tell me it without me asking them first. Damn, dude. I was able to communicate through their dreams, through that world. It's like if you've ever had a really vivid dream and you're like in control of your dream, it's kind of like that, but like you can ask deeper and doper questions and it's it's a more spiritual experience, I guess. Like imagine if you had a really vivid dream, but it was very deep and spiritual and like eye-opening and like you were just hearing words and ideas and just downloading information that's like, almost orgasmic to your ears and your body and it's just like oh like damn you know so what i've discovered is like shit when the, once i first started meditating that was really when shit started changing because rather than my healing being about these drugs or this or that or this treatment or that or whatever it's like okay that's all fine and dandy right Kind of. <laughs> My point is, is that with meditation, you're literally just consciously practicing oxygenating your body and focusing on that. And it's like, what's more healing than purposely taking it? It's like at a very, very ground level, base level of being a human being. What is the base of being of being alive or even being okay? Breathing. Breathing is life. So it's like the more life we can breathe into our body with very conscious deep breaths and awareness, the more awareness of life we have in our body. Like if you, imagine, like think about this. Bring awareness 
Like, let's do something real quick. Like, bring awareness to your toes. Feel your toes right now. Just wiggle them. You know, don't touch them. Just feel that your toes exist, right? Okay. Now feel that your fingers exist. Okay. Now feel that if you have hair, feel your hair existing if you can. All right. You feel what it feels like, right? It's there. Or if you don't have one, the lack of hair that you have there. <laughs> or wherever you have hair. <laughs> now, bring awareness to the oxygen in your body. Whoa, where do you start? Right? Like, where do you start? Well, you can pretty much start fucking anywhere in your body because oxygen exists in and throughout our entire body. So it's a trip to think about. It's like, well, all your bloods, well, I, your blood cells and shit carry oxygen. I'm pretty sure that's the, <laughs> what all this shit, your blood, your veins, all this shit, right? Like, I don't know if I'm getting that exactly right, but my point is that like there's oxygen flowing through our body all the time. That's what keeps us alive. You take away our oxygen. We no longer have life. Think about like how a plant or a tree grows. It needs oxygen. And it's like a plant can heal itself just with oxygen and water. So if we can consciously take in oxygen and water to ourselves and just kind of like water ourselves, take care of ourselves like a plant at the very base level, I'm not saying to not do more, but I'm saying at the very, very, very minimal base level, like breathing and oxygen is the source of life. Even inside of water, there's oxygen. So it's like oxygen is basically a source of life, like one of the biggest sources of life for all beings, even if you fucking live underwater, you know what I'm saying? You're a fish or whatever, like you still, oxygen shit is still going on, right? So once I learned to be able to breathe life and oxygen into my back, into my limbs, into my arms, and I could feel it, not just through my breathing through my nose or through my breathing through my mouth or breathe or through the through the oxygen and air coming through my lungs or my windpipe or my fucking stomach or you know what I'm saying or my chest it's like you can take a breath from your chest you can take a breath from your throat you can take a breath from your st stomach did I say that you can take a breath from like your fucking like sacral area you can fucking take a breath from the bottom of your feet you know what I mean? And it's like when we do these things, they feel fucking good. That's why working out feels good. It's like you're, you're delivering oxygen purposely throughout your body. So the more that we could do that, the more that we start healing. And that's been a big way that I've been able to heal my mental and my physical at the same time is because when I'm also breathing oxygen and life into my thoughts and I'm sitting there thinking Sorry, I'm sitting there not necessarily thinking about my thoughts, but I'm sitting there being with them. And that's one thing I try to do is like when I go into meditation and if my brain is on fucking fire up, like I can quiet my mind pretty fucking good for the most part, just simply by focusing on the breathing in and out of my nose purely, just concentrating on what the breath feels like. If I do that and then I start scanning through my whole body, that's basically what Vipassana meditation is. I scan my whole body top to bottom I kind of work away from the breathing in my nose and I let that become automatic. And then I just start scanning through my whole body, top to bottom, top to bottom, slowly feeling every single piece of my skull and face and nose and brain and 
inside and outside of my skin and and bone structure and skeleton and all of that right so that's what i do and like it allows my brain to just click it just turns off it used it was never like that before and it's not always like that sometimes my brain's just just thinking fucking everything right it's like you can go from anything you know what i mean like when you're sitting there and your mind is on monkey mode it's like oh i gotta pay this bill oh fuck i'm hungry oh fuck i'm horny oh fuck i'm i i want to go jet skiing oh fuck i want to go on a vacation oh fuck i need to go talk to this person oh fuck i need to do this and it's like your brain just does whatever the fuck right starts imagining thinking going here there whatever but the thing is i think that that's good to do is like sit and just observe what the fuck your brain does and really realize how in or out of control you are of your own mind you know what i mean And I think practicing breathing and breathing techniques and bringing awareness to your breathing and breath control is like, it's game. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like cleaning your insides is how I feel. You know what I mean? It's like ionizing the fucking inside of yourself or whatever the fuck, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? It's just like some sort of like purifying yourself, kind of like scanning and going through your whole body and like being with your body pains. Like when I I would just work on identifying, and this is just what I learned, I would identify my body pain as different, like as what type, as an earthly element. So I would say, okay, this type of pain is more like a fiery pain. This is more like a, uh, like a, uh, like a fucking like, like a, I don't know, like a, like a, like I'm fucking sitting on a rock. This is more of like a fucking like, you know, I just, I was just trying to think of in terms of the elements because it was like when you can say, Oh damn, this is kind of like a fiery ass pain. You can just kind of breathe different life into it or, you know, I'm not explaining it very well. I realize, but like, or that example very well, but, um, I think you get the idea, you know, it's like kind of putting a, a, a very objective label to it. That's of nature and then it just makes more sense all of a sudden because then you tap into the nature that you are and you're like, oh, I'm just, there's a fire element going on inside my fucking knee. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, okay, well, fuck. What would you do to alter a fire element in nature? Well, go swimming or sorry, put, you know, we would use water. Well, shit. So if you think about it, to, to heal something like a fiery ass pain in your body, if your knees just like, sh- like just fucking on fire feeling like uh, in the inside and you go swimming, you practice stretching, you practice doing things that are airy and of water elements. It's just going to naturally help. You know what I mean? Um, and yeah, this is very just like simple shit. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, I think it's good to think this way because then we can start healing the ins, the things that we think about and making more sense of them. Cause if what's going on inside of you just reminds you of the way that a fucking rocks sits somewhere or what it feels like to get hit by a rock. It's a very like real lesson. And it's a very tangible lesson to be like, okay, this is very easy to understand from a very young age. We understand if you get hit with something, it hurts. All right, well, identify the pain. What does it feel like? And I think we kind of forget to do that as we get older. And it's like, oh, well, it just kind of tingles. And most of the time, this is something I've learned kind of being somebody who participates in a lot of extreme sports and, and, and works with a lot of kids and has my own kids and stuff is that, and even with adults, because I work with adults who are afraid of the water, 
majority of people are af- are are afraid of things because they don't know how to breathe correctly. It's so interesting how many times people stop short or aren't capable of doing something because they just stop breathing and they hold their breath. And every time we hold our breath, we're going to create anxiety and our nerves are going to fucking start firing up and all of that's going to happen. So this is why like breath awareness is so important, paying attention to the oxygen going in our body, out of our body, over whatever, I think is such a big deal. And this is how we heal. It's like, if you're going to go talk to the fucking hot girl you got a crush on, whatever, you better go take some big fucking breaths before you walk up. If you walk up like, hey, um, would you, uh, uh, hey, would you be interested in going out? Unless she's already fucking into you, that's not, you know what I mean? No, nah, that's not going to work. But if you're breathing like, hey, would you be interested in going out sometime? You know, it's like, just listen to the tone, like, would... Would you be interested in going out? It's like, dude, like this, you just come off as such a complete different human being if you're breathing and doing something or not. And a lot of times it's that simple. But I know what my point was. I kind of got sidetracked was most of the time when people get hurt, they're all they are is afraid. The reason people act disabled when they get hurt is because they're so scared and they don't even know what they're scared of. Like, look at that. Next time you see somebody get hurt and you kind of and address it as as if they're afraid of something like addressing the fear rather than the injury itself. Most of the time, if you can work somebody through that fear, they just stop crying, especially kids. That's why like when whenever I see kids fall and get hurt, I go, oh, that was a nice fall, man. You're, You're probably so much tougher now, huh? And then they they look and like instead of trying to cry and look for like they're like yeah, and the kid just gets up and they don't fucking bitch about it, you know what I mean? But a lot of people, parents will put the fear on their kids, and that's where kids learn this shit. They go, oh my god, no 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 no, you're gonna get hurt. And then what happens? You got hurt, and that means oh my god, I got hurt. Oh my god, I got hurt. Boom, fear was just transferred on. That's why as people, if you're around kids. And you relate to them as like, dude, nice fall. That was sick as fuck. Like, I mean, you probably shouldn't say that. But like, <laughs> nice fall. That was dope. You know, like, cool fall. Man, you're so much tougher now, huh? Like, let me hear you scream. Roar! Yeah, now you got battle wounds. You're tough now. You know, whatever the context is, you know? It's like, like, whoa. Are you turning into a princess now? Is this your transformation? You're breaking out of the your old younger self into your new version of a princess? Like when a when a crab or when a lobster goes and finds a new shell? Wow, like when a butter when a caterpillar turns into a butterfly? Wow. Hype. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> a little girl's gonna be hyped after that. So it's like, it's not even about the pain. It's more about the fear of it and the most of and the why I started talking about the breathing thing is because the fear when we're afraid we stop breathing we hold our breath almost every single fucking time and that's what makes being scared so scary <gasps> hold your breath oh my god it, 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 that's not you know what i'm saying you lost the control of your breath huh <laughs> you know what i'm saying 
So this is why I think practicing meditation and shit where you engage in your breathing on purpose is so, 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 so good for us. And we need to do that shit. Because how we do that, do that. <laughs> um, no, but with that being said, I got a little announcement. I actually just wrote my fucking first kid's book last night. Um, had a little show, help from some psilocybes. And it was a beautiful, beautiful journey. I learned so fucking much. Um, I haven't quite interpreted it all yet, so I will do that and probably share. But uh, more so, I got to get this shit out. I realized I I have a special gift and I need to tap into it because I'm a star in my own way. And I, I at the same time, I'm a regular motherfucker. This is just like my own self-confidence or like what I've had people who love me see or say about me in certain instances. So I realized in order to honor the uniqueness that anybody sees in me and that I see in myself, I need to create my fucking legacy. I need to get, I need these podcasts out. I need my books out. I've been wanting to write kids' books for so long. I've written down so many different ideas and characters and this and that, but now I finally got it. Like, I got the beginning. I got the first one. And then from there, it's just going to keep fucking, it's going to grow because I got the artists in mind. I'm going to have a talk with them. I've got I wrote the whole fucking story. It's a short kids one. And then I'm going to do ones for older kids and older kids. And I'm going to keep going. And I've got extended versions and whatnot. But you guys are going to see it's going to all wrap together. And it's going to help. It's going to work towards helping families and helping people. Because that's what the fuck we need to do. You dig? So this handy little notebook that I bought right here. I literally just busted out and just fucking went crazy, dude. And, uh. It's going to go down. I think I'm going to carry this around with me and just fucking add, add, add. And I'm going to create this book and make it fucking happen, you guys. Um, Yeah. So that's what it is. I think that uh, doing this, it puts me on the right trajectory in life. I, th- I believe I'm on the right trajectory in life. I fucking suffered the most of my life. And I think that I don't believe that it's all for nothing. I believe that it's all to serve a purpose for me to learn how to be the type of person I need to be to help the type of people I want, not the type of people, to help the amount of people I want to help in the type of ways that I want to help people Um, and at the magnitude that I want to help people and can help people um, and help myself and create a dope life for my kids, you know? So, I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. I gotta get ready for work. Go teach these babies. You dig? Appreciate you guys. I'm grateful to be alive. Can't believe it's been 15 years since the incident, accident, all that. Blessing. I should say it's been a blessing. Yes, too. It's gonna be me and you. Damn, dude. Damn, dude. Yo. Please be sure to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell your best friends, cousins, uncles, best friends, pig farming, Peggy Sue, whistling, Win Dixie training, dog treat, mold making, authors, best friends, dialogue content creator about the Damn Dude podcast. Damn, dude. Damn, dude. Because this could help change a life, save a life, 
you never know. It could help touch, move, and inspire somebody in a way beyond making them think and say, damn, dude. Damn, dude. Damn, dude. But no, really. This is some real ass shit. I know this sounds like a podcast, but it's not a podcast. This is the realest shit on the motherfucking internet. You guys have a beautiful day. Rest in peace to my grandpa, Tom. Love you guys. Have a beautiful day. Much love. Peace. Damn, dude. Damn, dude.